Welcome back to O'Neill & Associates Federal Insight, a podcast of OA On Air. This week we had the pleasure of virtually sitting down with O'Neill & Associates Senior Vice President Peter Goles and Tom Kinton of Kinton Aviation Consulting. Tom worked for the Massachusetts Port Authority for over 35 years, having ended his tenure there as CEO from 2006 to 2011. Peter Goles, before joining the D.C. office of O'Neill & Associates, spent decades in the leadership ranks of the aviation industry, including serving as the managing director of the National Transportation Safety Board. Recorded on Friday, January 21st, Tom and Peter sit down to discuss the focus of that week's headlines, the rollout of 5G cell service and its impact on U.S. aviation operations. Our experts share their insight on the agency response from the FAA, as well as the prolonged impacts that this rollout is having on airlines, airports, and other stakeholders across the U.S. aviation industry. Stay tuned after this conversation for a brief update on the FAA's response and the current state of the rollout as the dust has settled from the prior week's headlines. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Federal Insight with Peter Goles and Tom Kinton. Gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining me here on a conversation about the rollout of 5G uh, and its impact on U.S. flight operations. As uh, we've seen numerous headlines this week, um, we're looking to get a take on the situation, see what some of the next steps are, and how some federal agencies and also airports have been handling this. Uh, So Peter, without further ado, I'm gonna start off with you, a quick question. I was wondering if you could kick us off with your insight into how the FAA has been handling the rollout of 5G uh, with with projected impacts on the aviation operations in our country. Well, sure, I'm not sure there has been a rollout of 5G uh, and that that is the fundamental problem. I mean, you've got two, uh, you know, good-sized agencies between the FCC and the FAA uh, that apparently just have been incapable of coordinating their activities, uh, and the resulting, uh, you know, last-second pandemonium has been damaging to the industry and damaging to the consumer. Uh, and what what we've got now uh, is is just a temporary fix. So I, I don't think it's been very well handled. I think the uh, uh, the administration has been occupied looking at other things and that this has been a, a, a significant uh, uh, setback. Absolutely, and, and Tom, building off of that, uh, what would you say is the role of the airports in this situation? And, and how do you feel about the interaction, the cooperation between them and the FAA during this rollout or lack thereof as, as Peter pointed out? Well, I concur with Peter that this has not been in in any sense a rollout because that gives credit to people. This has been an abomination of something that's been in the works for years. This is nothing new. And the federal government did an auction to auction off this bandwidth and took billions of dollars from AT&T and Verizon. And it came down to literally 10 hours before this thing was going to roll out before people seem to get it um, and, 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 and in terms of how serious it was and it was real. And so the airports uh, are sitting there and they depend heavily on FAA. And I have to say FAA's main job is safety and they're at least doing that here by 
putting roadblocks in front of this thing uh, weeks ago and then most recently. And as I said the other day uh, when I did a, a separate interview um, locally here on Channel 5, I said the industry is looking for solutions, not more delays. More delays are nothing but Band-Aids. This, this is something that is screaming out for a permanent solution uh, in terms of its number one, safety. Number two, uh, you know, as Peter said, it's, it's impacting our economy in a, in a huge way or has potential to impact the economy in a huge way by disrupting the air carrier service in this country to not only the air carriers, who, uh, by the way, aren't doing that well financially these days, but also the citizens of this country that depend on our airlines uh, to do their business, and whether it be leisure travel or business travel. So I know looking at Logan specifically the, the other day, they actually had flights that started to cancel before there was another te another temporary Band-Aid rolled out. You know, Emirates, for one, canceled. Um, I think JAL canceled because they were, you know, starting their flights hours before the 05 a.m. deadline. Uh, so they had to make a decision and they, in the interest of safety, uh, canceled. And then not only that, but Logan has a NOTAM, which is an acronym for Notice to Airmen, which is nothing more than advisory, if you will, to airlines. And, and it's still active, by the way. And I'm sure there, similar NOTAMs have been issued around the country to, local, to, to the local airports under the jurisdiction of the regional FAAs, saying that low visibility landings to certain runways is um, suspended for the time being until this thing is fixed. Uh, so there's a lot of back and forth between airports and FAA in terms of airports saying, when's this gonna get fixed? Um, and, and they haven't got an answer yet other than to see again recent, you know, very recently in the last 48 hours, up to 80% of the aircraft in this country have been cleared. But if that took 48 hours to make happen, why didn't that happen months and years ago? Why did we get to this calamity? I guess is the, is the broader question. Uh, and as I say, no more delays, please. No more Band-Aids. Let's have some solutions. Absolutely. Absolutely. That kind of teases up well for, for our next question, which I'm going to open up to, the, to, to both of you. Um, earlier this week, uh, Chairman of House TNI, Peter DeFazio, was quoted and in many news reports is saying just that, this is a temporary solution. Um, so looking forward kind of into the crystal ball, uh, how do we see this playing out? What are your thoughts on the next steps for addressing this crisis in the safe integration of US flight operations and this rollout of 5G cell service? Well, Ben, let me, let me jump in. I mean, uh, I understand that, that the T&I committee is gonna have a hearing on this, uh, within the next 10 days. And that, that certainly is, is not gonna be a pretty picture. Uh, and I think, I think the administrator of the FAA is, and the head of the FCC are both gonna be called before, before the committee to answer, answer questions. And perhaps Secretary Buttigieg, who uh, really should have been paying uh, a, a little greater attention to this as well. But I think I mean, the, the problem you face is, is people are comparing the US to Europe where they had 5G deployed for some time, but, but there's significant differences between the two you know, areas. One is uh, Europe has a fairly limited, the European Union and, uh, has a fairly limited number of airports 
that 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 do international flights, that do that handle bigger aircraft. Uh, and the U.S. has got over 425 airports with with commercial service. And uh, uh, we 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 just uh, we 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 don't have a permanent solution here. We can't set up. Uh, the towers to be downward facing the way they do in Europe, because uh, Verizon and AT and T, they want the they want the towers, uh, the antennas facing outward, so so they can get the maximum uh, amount of data and distance on their band. As Tom mentioned, these this this spectrum sold for five billion dollars. That's a lot of money, and. Uh, AT&T and Verizon are counting on uh, 5G uh, to, uh, to, to be implemented so they can start paying that off. Uh, so I'm not sure there is a quick solution uh, out there that's permanent, and, uh, but, but, but we'll see. Tom? Yeah, I, 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 again, I concur with everything you said, Peter. And you know, I would just add that the difference, again, it's not an apples and apples between Europe or other foreign countries around the world and the US because not only are the towers outward facing rather than inward facing, but the spectrum on the bandwidth is different. It's much more narrower in this country, uh, which makes it even more critical to interfere right. with the altimeter. Right, the Europeans use the low, the, the bandwidth as I understand it runs from 3.4 to 3.98. And the Europeans tend, tend to concentrate their use on the lower end of the bandwidth, 3.4, 3.5. And the US tends to use the upper end of the bandwidth, which puts it in closer proximity uh, to, the, uh, to the bandwidth of altimeters and ground proximity warning devices. And the last thing you want in a low visibility uh, environment, particularly, is your altimeter not to be working precisely? Pilots have to rely on that. And if there's some bleed over, uh, which apparently some indications from some studies have indicated there could be, uh, then you've got a problem. Yeah, and and the you know again, just so the listeners understand uh, the technicalities around an altimeter, um, which measures the distance of the aircraft to the ground. Um, in a low visibility approach, the flight crew cannot see the runway. So they're looking at and getting a readout of their altitude via the altimeter. And I'm sure we've all seen TV programs or, or watched a YouTube video that actually shows the call out of the altitude as the aircraft gets closer. That's the altimeter doing its job, calling out 500 feet, 400, 300, 200, 100. And then at some point along the line there, the pilots see the runway, but it's it's too late to execute a missed approach because the aircraft is already down to a point where the engines cannot even spool up to do a safe go around. So um, this is critical, and you know the pilots at the end of the day now have the the last call because it's their airplane, and some pilots, and as this thing continues to get discussed more and more, may opt not to submit themselves or their passengers. To an approach until there is a permanent solution. I'm not saying they will, but some may. And, and let's say, God forbid, there's an incident. This thing is 
you know, before we get a permanent solution and an incident doesn't necessarily have to mean an accident, but it could just be a flight crew saying we came within feet of hitting something because the altimeter was off and then you can better believe all bets are going to be off. They're going to ground any, any uh, low visibility approaches to airports unless 5G gets turned off completely until we get a fix. So I just hope these experts are right and, and with their band-aids along the way. Again, I don't like a band-aid. I like a permanent solution because yeah. there's a lot at risk here. Yeah, Tom, Tom is right. And you know, I mean, the, the, the two um, busiest times in the cockpit, the highest workload times is takeoff and landing. And uh, particularly in landing in a, uh, you know, a, a less than ideal circumstances where your visibility is limited, you really can't have uh, a pilot and his first officer worrying about whether their altimeter is dead accurate or not. You know, they have enough else to do. And uh, uh, you want them focused on the total picture to get that plane down safely. And they do, you know, 99.99% of the time. And, uh, but the idea that, that they might have a second uh, question about their altimeter really throws uh, you know, a, a monkey wrench in, into the safety process. Thank you both uh, very much for your, for your insight and your outlook here on, on what we might expect the coming weeks, the coming months uh, for finding a solution and also for the extent of this, uh, this issue. So uh, thank you again for your time. And I, I really appreciate you both uh, sharing your experiences and your insight with us. All right. Thanks, Ben. All right. Thanks, Peter. Good to see ben, you. Hey, Tom, good seeing you. You look great. As of Tuesday, January 25th, the FAA worked through the weekend to provisionally clear approximately 90% of the U.S. commercial aviation fleet. According to a notice posted on the FAA website, this expanded roster of the commercial fleet can perform most low-visibility landings in the presence of 5G radio waves, and now includes several models of regional jets. This latest action from the FAA, combined with the cooperation and agreement of cell service providers AT&T and Verizon, will temporarily limit power levels and the placement of cell towers near airports. This agreement has avoided the most severe impacts of the rollout for now. O'Neill & Associates continues to monitor updates from the FAA and the FCC and all involved parties in negotiation. The deadlines that these stakeholders are working toward remains unclear, much as how long the temporary solution of 5G buffer zones will stay in place. Please be sure to subscribe, comment, and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that you use to listen in. If you are watching our webisode of Federal Insight on YouTube, please be sure to like, subscribe, and comment. Thank you for listening to this episode of Federal Insight, an OA on-air podcast produced by me, Account Coordinator Ben Craig.